Hello and welcome to Glastocast, the unofficial Glastonbury Festival podcast. It's Miguel here and usually this will be the moment I would say we're back into the studio, but we're not. <laughs> Once again, we're recording remotely. So I guess you could say we're working from home today. <laughs> Is that yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm making a very conscious effort to not sound like I'm asleep today as well. <laughs> Part of me wanted to ask, what's your pyjama? But I'm not going to go there. <laughs> oh, no, you could do. I am actually wearing mine to Star Wars. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Rob. TMI, you TMI, TMI. <laughs> yeah, uh, massive TMI there. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Jesse? Are you good? Back from download. Yeah, I'm really, really good. Yeah, back from download. I was only there for 36 hours anyway, but I can definitely understand why everybody is referring to it as brown load or drown load or all of the above. Yeah, it was amazing. Very muddy. Uh, reminded me of Glasgow 2016. So I was well trained and prepared, but I'm hoping that June's weather has got rain out of its system now. And uh, yeah, we're in the final few days now. So yeah, once again, we're recording remotely and we're still working on a process. So hopefully we'll reach the point where we're not going to give any disclaimer really. And you're just going to have to guess if we are in the same room or not. So in this episode, we'll talk about our final preparations for Glastonbury. And we also had a chat with some fantastic people who contribute to the festival every year. So keep listening to find out what a worthy warrior does, where to go in the festival to learn more about activism and to dig deeper into the green ethos of Glastonbury and also how to make the most of the property lockups, a service that can really help you ease your days at the festival. So here we are after two years of waiting. The festival is almost here. I'm sure you guys have your ticket by now. <laughs> yes, definitely. Mine is very much in a safe place. Mine uh, is actually with a friend. Uh, what? So I know, I know, I know. I've been meaning That's to go very pick trusting, Jesse. That's very trusting. I know, trusting. I know. I've been meaning to go and pick it up. Basically, we all paid off our tickets um, at once. So one person paid for three on their card. We didn't realise that, that meant... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I then paid them back. It was to save... Uh, you know, a couple of pounds on booking fee. But if I didn't realise, it meant that all three tickets went to his house. I was like, well, uh, so I've now got to go and, you know, in the last couple of days, I've got to go and get that off him. So, but yes, I haven't actually had the ticket in the hand feeling yet. I mean, is that a thing? I didn't realise that you could save money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I did the same thing, but I was the one receiving the all the six, uh, all the six tickets. Uh, uh, <laughs> six. Okay, so you hold their fate in your hands. <laughs> Because if you're anything like me, I have to check my ticket is where I left. You say yours in a safe place, Rob. But oh, I'm, 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 yeah. I, I'm checking my safe place every day. <laughs> like like, <laughs> yeah. like the ticket would, would magically disappear or something. Like, I know I need to know it's there before I go on with my day. I think I check it more times than I do my passport the day you go on holiday. It's similar exactly, thing, similar it? thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I open the drawer like, ah, oh, there you go. I, I, there I it a, is. I take, a look, is. I take a look at my new photograph for this year and I cringe a little bit. Oh there, yeah, I had that. to change mine as well. Yeah, now I that mean, the hair's gone. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you probably need to change yours every year, Rob, because you, 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 <laughs> yeah. your, your looks change a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I didn't actually change it last year uh, in 2017, and I ended up going with, I want to say blonde hair, but let's be honest, it was pretty yellow, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I actually have a beard in my photograph, and I, I, I shaved recently. <laughs> oh, right. Well, so, you've yeah. got time to grow something back. Sure. Yeah, yeah, eight or, days. Or you'll be, I can just imagine you turning up with a fake beard, though. <laughs> um, well, to be on the safe side, maybe. <laughs> You guys are making me anxious. My friend even said to me, the one who's got my ticket even said to me today, he was like, oh, you know, if you don't find time, I can just, you know, I'm going to convoy down with you so I can just meet you and give it to you on the convoy. I'm like, no. No No, I'd be knocking on his door right now. Give me a ticket. ticket. Jesse, Jesse, drop your microphone and go pick up your ticket right now. (laughs) (laughs) Go now. Oh, yeah, okay. I might have to make time for that because, yeah, you're making me anxious. Mm. (laughs) Oh, wow. See, we need to stop. I think we need to stop mentioning it. (laughs) In fact, I might just go and sit with mine now. I've got it in my hand right now. No, stop it. (laughs) It'll be fine, guys. It'll be fine. I trust you. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh, wow. So now. I think we are on Weather Watch. I mean, I am. I don't know if you are. I think everybody's on Weather Watch, to be fair. <laughs> Even if you don't want to be, you can't help it. Are you one of those who stress about the forecast in the rundown to the festival or not? Uh, I'm not. I used to be. But the thing is, I find that the weather predictions over my lifetime have not got better. They've got worse. Like it used to be that, you know, the weatherman on an evening would say, oh, for the next week, it's going to be vaguely pleasant weather. Now, nothing really ever correlates to (laughs) what the weather the day before (laughs) says. So I don't believe anything until maybe kind of the day or two days before. We've still got a week at the moment. Um, I mean, I am a little worried that there is currently rain in Pilton because, you know, if the ground's Mm. wet, to start with but they've got loads of good drainage, drainage systems in place so yeah i think we'll be fine i'm positive attitude i was going to say exactly that jesse i mean the fact that there's rain now softening the ground is is what would make it an issue for once the masses come and the footfall raises and the, the mud gets soft i'd be more interested in the weather kind of in the few days beforehand i mean honestly i don't know about you guys regardless of what the weather forecasts say do you do you pack for all weather just in case. I mean, I, I know I certainly do. I always yeah. pack for every situation <laughs> as, well, <laughs> as well as I can going by bus, but I'm always ready. Yeah. <laughs> you might crow pack better than anyone I know, Miguel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, years in the making of my, my lightweight gear, really. <laughs> I've gone the other way this, this time, guys. Uh, so I usually pack, you know, for all weather, but I've collected so many incredible outfits and bought so many new things that I'm just going with the whatever the weather I'm going to wear this <laughs> well yeah <laughs> I might have a I might have a poncho to put over the top but I'm not going to have the full range of normally I have waterproof trousers about eight different hoodies all of this but this time I'm I'm, I'm literally my sparkly it. outfits yeah and maybe a poncho to throw over the top you're like you're thinking I'm looking fabulous whether whether you're good whether you're bad Exactly. I'm looking good. I'm the, completely the opposite. I'm so incredibly boring <laughs> at the festival because I just well, I boys. go technical. I go technical. I, I I want quick drying. I want waterproofs. <laughs> well, I bought you two a present, so you better be prepared. Oh wear it. wait, wow. wait! I'm so looking forward to that. Th- That's this, amazing. Thank this you is really, really the first time we're hearing that. This wasn't planned. <laughs> No, that was definitely it? wasn't planned. When I say I brought you a present, what I mean is I'm going to bring you something to wear. It's not that you can keep, FYI. Oh, I've got so oh, many sparkles, oh. sorry. <laughs> Does that mean we need to buy you a gift or are we <laughs> cool? <laughs> no, 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 we're totally cool. That's what I mean. I mean, like, I'm bringing you something to wear. So it's, All right, yeah, fair enough. Good, yeah. I like that. Just to that get the photo, exciting. basically. All right, great. I mean, I'm not one to stress about the weather, but I'm, I want to consume 
Glastonbury news all day. So I am looking at different weather providers all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and well, I'm, for anyone that follows Glastonbury, yeah. I think it's difficult not to get involved in the yeah. weather because and it's just co- it's almost true. constant, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm always reading the, the weather thread on EFAS and that's quite fun. <laughs> and I have my WhatsApp group with my friends, the ones I'm taking, most of them for the first time. Even though I don't stress, I do like to send them pictures of previous year with the mud and the flood <laughs> just to get them to, <laughs> to get them to panic slightly <laughs> well, panic or, be, or just be be appropriately prepared oh, yeah, I mean, for me maybe maybe when you think about mud and rain as long as you've got wellies and a poncho yeah yeah exactly then then you're golden aren't you you're absolutely nothing to worry about in in a crowd you're going to be warm anyway let's not start the wellies versus boot debate again oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> How is your preparation going? Your packing? Are you, uh, what's your status on that? <laughs> well, my conservatory has now become my Glastonbury packing area. Yes, <laughs> literally that. I, I've I've cleared everything else out, and and it's there, and I'm starting to build it up, and it's looking good. I'm I'm feeling more prepared than ever, actually, which is mm. very rare. I'm sort of the same. I kind of took my Glasto box. I don't know if you have one of those Glasto box. <laughs> took it out from storage, and I just spread it all over my living room. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, like, yeah, kind of re- re- reviewing everything. I don't know sure. why I found that so funny. <laughs> Wait, I'm the only one with a Glaston box. Are, are you guys saying I'm, I, am I too much about Glastonbury? Is that no, it? absolutely not. Never change. Never change. So this is actually true. Not only in my living room, but also in my bedroom where I am right now. I'm surrounded by socks because yesterday I was trying different combinations of socks and footwear. <laughs> wow. That is a new level of preparation. What, like, as in multiple pairs of socks? Are we going one? I thick, have, one thin, I have, exactly. That's what I'm trying. Oh, like, okay. is this one wow. enough on its own, or do I need a liner? How is this boot? How Everybody is this? Is prepared. Yeah, I, I said I'm more prepared than ever, and. But by that, I mean that I've been doing this for that many years. I kind of leave it till the last minute thinking I've got it sorted and then go for a bit of a mad rush. But, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being more prepared this time, taking a little bit more more time with it. Every year, I mean, on a mad rush. How are you doing, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, I'm on a mad rush, but I, I've started to gather things. I've got, you know, I've got so many festival clothes and bits and pieces just spread everywhere. So I've started to kind of, like you, I've got everything downstairs. I'm like, I, I keep finding things and going, oh, yeah, I might wear that. Oh, yeah, I might take that. Oh, and oh, I, just Wait, dump them all on a sofa. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I I think I saw you on Facebook asking who has my sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Miguel. <laughs> <for> like, <laughs> he totally outed you. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, so I discovered before I went to Download Festival uh, in a mad panic on um, Saturday morning at about seven in the morning. Uh, I was like, "Where is my sleeping bag?" Running around the house, couldn't find it, and I just went, "Oh, okay, I'll bring the spare one." I've got another one that's kind of my house one that doesn't pack up into a bag very well. It's like a big one. So I thought, "Well, I'm only going to Download for one night, and I'm parking quite close to where I'll be camping. I'll take that one for now." I've since come home and now can't find my sleeping bag. So yes, <laughs> I have put, put out on Facebook, "Have I lent it to any of my friends?" I've got some time. So, you know, I'm thinking if nobody owns up, then it'll be an Amazon Prime job, I reckon. But it's very annoying because I only bought a new one last year. Well, I also discovered something. I found out I got fatter during the following <laughs> year. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, my, I mean, same. My trousers are a bit tight. 
<laughs> well, you've left that a bit late, Miguel. I think you're gonna have to start going for a run. I, I know. I actually, again, that's why I'm on a rush. I had to go out and find a couple of new ones. So I think next year I'm gonna have two Glasto boxes, depending on my fitness. <laughs> Can I just ask? Is it like a cardboard box that you've written Glasto box on the side? Please tell me yes. <laughs> it is a cardboard box. No, there's no writing. Uh. Right, listeners, you'll be able to buy the official Glastocast Glasto box. <laughs> after wow <the> <laughs> wow that's we, we should out. we should really look into that <laughs> a recommended kit i don't know what i think it's probably going to be fairly easy to make yourself so uh, you know i know i was 100 <laughs> joking get a, get a shoe box get a cardboard box right glasses box on it no no wait, right, wait we are going way off tangent wait we're, we're, not, we're not we're not just giving the, we're not just giving the box it will come with some contents oh <laughs> uh. Okay. Our, okay. Our recommended gear. I don't what, know. Anyway. Your fat clothes and your thin clothes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Yeah. That's it. Guys, I mean, do you think that we're all getting ready that little bit earlier because 2018 was a fallow year? We're all just super keen to get there and we're starting maybe a little bit earlier than we would normally. I, I think I'm honestly at work. Like, It doesn't help that so many of my friends were in a big WhatsApp group already. Can you imagine 30 people in a WhatsApp group talking about the weather constantly? But it means I'm thinking about Glastonbury literally about every minute at the moment. So I'll be at work and I'll, f- I'll get my head into something and then I'll get a WhatsApp pop up or, or it will start raining outside or something. And then I'll go, ah. Oh, Glastonbury this but I, and I just can't stop thinking about it it's really everything fine. relates to Glastonbury in the last week uh-huh. everything uh-huh. <laughs> so what's left to do for you guys so Jesse what's next on your list um well figure out where my sleeping bag is slash buy a new one <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> number one on the list there and apart from that I mean I've I've started doing my vodka but I need to finish that off so what I do every year for Glastonbury uh, and for other festivals I think is I bring some sort of flavoured vodka that I made. It started off with a classic Skittles vodka, you know, the classic. Oh, nice. And I've done a few sort of variations since there. So this year I'm bringing Murray Mint vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nice. also, remember those strawberries and cream sweets, the hard sweets that were called Campinos back in the day? It's very difficult to find them anymore. But yeah, so I'm doing strawberries and cream vodka as well. So they've been infusing for about two weeks. They smell great. But what I've got to do is sort of siphon off all the, the bits now and kind of like... yeah. yeah. yeah mix mix it up but so that and actually I guess I've got all my stuff that I want to pack on the sofa and I have to actually arrange it into bags so those are my to-do list I guess for the weekend how about you Rob um so for me the main thing I've still got to do um is to check my tent I do do it every time um just because I've been caught out once before not having the pegs in there luckily I, I mean I scavenged some but it's always nice to know that they're there so what I do is I get in my conservatory I I get it out and just make sure everything's there and there's no holes in it. And plus, it's it's nice to just give it that bit of an air out because it's been packed away in the bag. Well, currently for almost two years. So just you know, give it give it a, a shake out. And to be fair, I'll probably find about a pound of glitter in there. <laughs> there's no getting rid of glitter, is there? It just no. appears everywhere. And I I I got absolutely mobbed by glitter last year, so I'm dreading it. But it's just going to go everywhere. So yeah, I'll be clearing my tent out, airing it out, and and making sure that's all good and ready. Um, and then really, it's just yeah, making sure that everything I've got fits. Um, as you know, I use a trolley, so I'll probably make sure everything fits on there. Get enough bungee cords to get around it, and uh, yeah, good to go. Oh, that's actually an update. I bought a trolley this year, guys. Mm. After our discussion earlier, I yeah. thought, treat yourself. Um, 
And treat yourself. I, treat yourself. <laughs> 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 Some pop pop culture reference there. Yeah, yeah, there yeah go. I'm glad you like that. That's good. Um, yeah, so I'll say, I'll let you know how I get on with that. Just tell us a little bit about your trolley. What did you go for in terms of <laughs> specific um, details? Because I'm mad into trolleys, and I, I and I've seen so many people buy the wrong ones. So yeah, oh uh, yeah, I'm, uh, believe me, I I know my trolleys well. This is where you tell me I'm wrong. Um, I got basically <laughs> a flatbed one with four wheels, and they're tire wheels, so they're proper big tire wheels. They've got um like individual kind of turns on both the front and back so the both the front and back wheels will turn and it's got nice sort of sturdy sides on it uh yeah so i'm I'm going i'm going whole hog basically i've gone i've gone for the 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 big boy i'm not just going for these tiny little sack trucks with plastic wheels you've you've gone all out have you got have you got the bungee cords to keep everything in there that's i do i have the bungee cords and everything good good so 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 are you hoping to do just one trip from the car no 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 no. this is why i've got the um because i've got after all this discussion i've got five tents to put in the time and put up (laughs) five yeah and they're all quite big ones after my recommendations all my friends have upgraded from small tiny tents which is what i did in 2017 they've all got nice big palaces so they're like oh can you take my tent still i'm like yeah 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 that's fine and then i've seen them and they're the you know 10 kilos each kind of <laughs> I'm like great <laughs> hence the trolley um, but no I'll definitely need to be going back for booze I think will be my um, second run and probably my clothes I think first run will just be tents and make, like camping equipment I guess sleeping bags that kind of thing I mean I've already had the message from my friend saying Rob are you taking a trolley this year which I deciphered immediately as Rob Will you go back to the car with me to get my boost? <laughs> yeah. That's basically yeah. what that meant. And the other thing I've noticed after your recommendations, uh, Jesse, this was on Twitter quite a bit, people um, tagging you because they've all bought the the S hooks. Oh, yeah, that's S true. Hooks. That was yes. very popular. Yeah, lots of those. They're so good for... Um, I know I said in the podcast, you know, for um, hanging things off the back of the toilet, and I know a lot of people replied and said, oh, you can actually use the hooks that are in the toilet. Yeah, totally, totally true. Um, the nice thing with the S-hooks is that they have a bit more, you know, if you've got a bag and a jacket and whatever, you can hang quite a few things on the toilet. But also, you can hang up in your tent, on the inside of your tent, you can hook it on, hang up like a coat in your porch. Ah, so you can, Yeah, so the S-hooks. See, I use all the hooks in my tent for those little um, hanging light bulbs. I think they're brilliant. Uh, yeah. Love those. So there you go. The S-hooks will be part of the Glastocast box <laughs> available in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, your Glasto box complete with yeah. S hook. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I did the same last weekend. I I I check my tent. I open up everything like the sleeping bags to get some air out. And as you, Rob, I actually cleaned some glitter from my tent from the last. Time. Oh, everybody! It gets everywhere. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't use glitter, you find it. It's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, I still like it. And also, of course, I cleaned some dry mud, but uh, quite funny, there was a peacock feather <laughs> inside my oh, tent. Oh, wow. Peacock feather? <laughs> yeah, some, I mean, some sort of feather, which I have no Do idea. Do we want to know? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know really. Is that one of your outfits? Maybe? No, I don't know. Again, I, no, I say my outfits are the most boring. You should add it. You should make it into something for your outfit yeah. for this year. And also, I found some 20p, so there's that. <laughs> oh, winning. There you go. I actually, when I went into my garage today to look at my trolley, um, it's absolutely covered in mud. And I thought, oh, that's Glasto mud. Is that sad? <laughs> oh, did you have a little like, oh, Glasto I did. I had a moment. I had a moment. I just thought, I'm not going to keep it or anything, but I just thought, oh, that's, yeah. that's Glasto mud. And uh, well, if I would add another tip for these last days of preparation, I've, I've been rotating my 
portable chargers because I mean I, I use it not just for my phone but also for my 360 camera so I did a little bit more of power so if, if you had yours in your drawer for the last two years it would be a good thing to do some cycles before the mm -hmm. festival to that is a good tip I'm going to absolutely do that because mine like you say mine are fully charged but I, I don't remember the last time I used them I've got two yeah, yeah, you want to emp empty them out and recharge yeah, them. Yeah, you use that to charge that. your phone this, this next days. I will. So since we finished our first series, we have been, uh, well, working on our normal lives, let's call it that, we, but we never stopped thinking about Glastonbury or you, or listeners. We've been loving chatting with you all on socials, especially on Twitter. It's been super fun talking about cheese, mud, showers, everything in between. It's been great. And a few of you who got in touch are actually involved with the festival more than just buying a ticket like us. And we've been lucky enough to interview a few of you. Let's start with David, who's signed up as a worthy warrior for the second time. Uh, I'm probably a veteran now. I, my first one was 2003, so uh, this year it'll be my 14th in a row. Well, Glastonbury means a great deal to me. Uh, I, I think looking back at the memories I've had over the last few years, the most important thing for me is that I've had the most amazing time I could possibly expect to have. And I really do like to give back. I do quite a bit of charity outside and elsewhere, but I've never really worked at the festival, I've considered it. Uh, but when Worthy Warriors came about, the year it started, I think that was that 2016, and I did I did a stint then, and uh, didn't do much last time for various reasons, not through my own fault, but it just didn't happen. So I was really keen to start up again, and one of my friends does it in conjunction with herself. So um, we really feel it's an important thing to do, and and because I've enjoyed the festival so many years, I'm really really keen to sort of put something back into it. I just thought that was absolutely ideal because the one thing that really bugs me with the festival is that people don't really care enough about littering the place. I know it's temporary, but it still looks poor when we're all there, as well as sort of like worse things like uh, peeing in the hedgerows and so forth. Not that I've ever been perfect. I have a guilty conscience from the way I was way back when. So I'm trying to rectify that now. But now I'm 100%, I hope, uh, environmentally clean. The main emphasis is obviously to, you know, leave the farm with no trace. So it's to make sure that as much as we can, we spread the word that, you know, environmental consciousness, safeguarding the farm from the point of view of litter and dangerous sub substances and so forth. So what we try and encourage people to do is to be very environmentally conscious every time that they go to the festival, during the festival, and especially when they leave the festival, uh, they don't leave any of their junk behind. So what we do is um, we usually have an allocated area uh, and we work around that area, usually at one of the campsites within the festival, talking to as many people as we can, passing recycled bin bags to people and just really encouraging people to sort of like buy into the, you know, the important ethos that the festival tries to portray. I think that there's one group of people that sort of like blanked me and they weren't interested. Uh, and there's only so much you can do. Uh, but absolutely everybody else I approached uh, really bought into it. They said, well, we already do that. We're already enthusiastic about it. It's really important to us too. Or other people that perhaps weren't quite so switched on were more than amenable to sort of say, yeah, we'll do it this time. We'll do a better job of it. We'll take our gear home with us. We won't leave anything behind. We won't leave any waste. We'll make sure it's clear. Uh, and many people, to their credit, also say, well, we'll check on our neighbours as well and we'll try and encourage them. So 
Ideally, it's best if it's going to be a word of mouth that's spread throughout the festival, which I think it can be. So I think the more people are doing the Worthy Warrior role, the more the word of mouth can spread and the better and better it can be. And there's no doubt in my own mind that if you have a clean environment, it's much more straightforward to maintain it that way. But when it's really dirty, then it's difficult to really have a concept of, well, it shouldn't be dirty and let's stop it being dirty. So, so like basically when there's litter around, everybody else litters. It's, easy, it's more easily done. So I think the thing is to be disciplined and to make sure that most importantly, we need to look after what is a wonderful, beautiful rural environment. So I'd really encourage everybody to sort of bear that in mind, even though it's hard, especially on the final day, is to maintain a reasonably clean sort of campsite area during the festival. So come Monday morning, wherever you're leaving, then it's not so difficult to tidy up the rest of it, take your tents, take all your gear home uh, and leave it in the right condition. So that's David with some great advice there. Be clean from the start, people. We'll make it much easier to leave no trace. So thank you so much, David. Uh, and Rob, he did talk about giving back to the community. You are also a worthy warrior, so what can you tell us about it? Yeah, I am. This has actually been my third time as a worthy warrior. I signed up for the first time in 2016. And I love that you said giving back to the community, because I think at Glastonbury, you, you do feel like you're part of that community. Within those walls, uh, everybody is kind of you know, together. So I signed up for the first time in 2016, which on, which was the first time that they, they introduced the Way of the Warriors um, as a way of giving back, you know, as in promoting uh, the Greener Festival and leaving no trace on the farm, which is something that I'm really passionate about. So in the first year, I approached it as, as being helpful, you know, having rubbish bags and recycling bags always ready, handing them out with people that needed them, you know, just keeping my area, me and the people that I camped with, making sure we were, we were always clean and tidy, litter picking, things like that. Just encouraging the rest of the people that I was with. In the first year, I was kind of get finding my feet a little bit. Now, in the second year, I was a little bit more prepared. So um, I took advantage of the fact that if you take a t-shirt along with you as a worthy warrior, you can go over to the free press uh, and they will print it for you. So, you know, you can wear your t-shirt with pride. Also, it makes you readily available to those around you as a way of if, if they do need something. I think people are more aware of worthy warriors now. Um, so whilst in and around the camp, if you kind of have that, people know that they can come to you and, and, and ask questions. I know a lot of people getting get really into it and have made flags and there's a facebook group which i'm part of and you know we keep in touch and it's great to see a lot of those people each year still signing up so clearly they you know they're still really into it now with this year i think i'm going to go that one step further and, and hopefully start spreading the message that we all sign up for really as part of the signing up for glastonbury ticket you you have the pledge don't you uh, so we all have that responsibility but you know, promoting it is is my my plan for this year. So I'm going to get there early, make sure I go and collect my bin bags, collect my recycling bags, make sure everybody's got everything they need. But also, I've I've changed my approach to the festival, changed what it is that I'm going to take. I'm a lot more cautious, not cautious, maybe cautious, but I'm a lot more prepared for what I take to make sure that I bring most of it out with me. The more that I can bring out with me, the better that I will personally feel. So hopefully that's something that everybody can kind of be encouraged to do. So, yeah, really, I, I think promoting that, that thing this year is, is, is what, I'm, what I'm working towards. 
Your, your last point was quite interesting, Rob. And even David, he mentioned this guilt that in the past, maybe he didn't do enough. And we always striving to do even more, to, to be more sustainable. So have, have you guys, Rob, you already spoke a little bit about this. Have, have you, Jesse, changed something for this year on the way you prepare for the festival? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely, after um, Glastonbury saying, please don't bring baby wipes or, or disposable wipes that way. I know in 2017, I, I specifically bought biodegradable baby wipes, but this This time I've just gone, right, none of that, no face wipes, which uh, has, has been difficult because it's not something that you, as a girl, uh, you know, taking your makeup off every day. I'll be honest, probably for the past 10, 12 years of my life, I've probably used a makeup wipe a day to get rid of my makeup, you know. So um, that started to change at the, towards the end of last year for me when I bought some of these reusable makeup remover pads that you just use warm water on and, and, and go there. This is a message I've been trying to get across to my friends because it's just kind of been on the list for so many years, if you know what I mean. You go into a festival, pack a pack of baby wipes. Yeah, so my biggest change is I'm going for the flannel and like a small tub that I can put water in. We already use camp showers, but this is more like a little personal, personal wash bowl. And what else have I done? I'm definitely going to have more than one reusable bottle with me because in previous years when I have brought one I have lost it or a friend has a friend has acquired borrowed it and, yeah borrowed it so I'm buying uh, uh not buying I'm bringing a couple of those that I have at, around the house yeah I'd, I'd say those are my two kind of big eco changes I've always been one to take my tent home I've always been one to take my chair home I've been trying to minimize things for years but I think the the major change was Getting out of that mentality of like, you know, going to a festival, use an entire pack of baby wipes to wipe the mud off your legs. You know what I mean? That's kind of just not really even crossed my mind till uh, the debate this year. So how about you guys? I mean, you make a great point about the single use thing there, Jesse. And I think that obviously with Glastonbury making single use plastic bottles and single use plastic, not a thing for this year. I think people single use is something that people should really embrace uh, in getting rid of in life. Just in general, it's so wasteful. Uh, and I'm a huge advocate of the flannel. I think it, you know, it's it's multi-use if you like. It's it's easy to clean. Couple it with my my shower plan of keeping a, a bottle in the tent to keep warm. You know, because tents do get very warm during the day. So get the bottle in there. Use that. You can clean your face. But at the same time, on those hot days, get yourself a nice cold bottle of water. Wet your flannel. Put it on your head. Wear it as a hat. I was talking about this on Twitter just today. It just cools you down, and it's just such a you know a versatile thing. And then at the end of the day, you can just take it down to the tap, give it a good wash, wring it out, good to go. So yeah, flannels for me are absolutely fantastic. We'll always use one. The other thing that you mentioned there about the, the bottles, one of the things that I changed after the, my first year as a Worthy Warrior was was the um, single-use plastic bottles just for decanting alcohol into. That was exactly what I was going to bring because, yeah, my first years at the festival, I would just buy cheap two-liter plastic bottles to decant the spirits and that would go to the bin at the end. Well, yeah, I don't know about you, Miguel. I mean, I'm going to be very honest here and say how wasteful it was, but you yeah. buy a two-liter bottle of water, pour it away so that you can put your put your alcohol in it and i just think god they, this is the mentality that i really want to change mm -hmm. i mean there was nothing to say why, why not just buy the bottle of water a couple of weeks earlier drink it and then use the bottle but but since then i mean i've I, like yourself i've bought those those camping bottles the reusable nice plastic ones and to be fair i actually have a specific one for my alcohol now because i don't want to taint the taste of my water so i have an alcohol one and i have a water one Totally separate. I think, I think this is good, guys. We're, we're getting our confessions. This is almost like eco-confessions. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm exactly the same as you, Miguel. I, and, and, well, both of you. I used to go into a shop, buy, a, like, 
um, a pack, a multi-pack of cheap water, chuck it out, pour in the booze, you know, write it on the top. And I even, you know, I know that I would be walking around the site and throw it away. So well, let's call this confession time. The nice thing is that we're, we've we've made the change and we know what we've done wrong. And, that, and that's, that's kind of what this is all about, if you know what I mean. I think that there really has been a change. Yeah in the industry from even last year from the, to this year um, about more people are talking about it more people are putting it at the forefront of their festival kind of bra- not branding but when they're marketing the festival they're saying right this is something that we're really committed to and I think that is going to hopefully make all the difference absolutely making a change is such a positive thing isn't it but the first part of making a change is realizing the bit before it which is very mm. not positive mm. so it's, it is about just you know realizing what it is you're doing uh, accepting it and then making it better that's the thing, isn't it? It's the single use because you might think you left no trace because you brought everything back, but you left a lot behind in the end. Mm. <laughs> Either the wipes or it's the single use aspect that we need to change. I used to bring this spark. You know, you know a spark, right? Spoonfork. Yeah. Spoonfork, yeah. Yeah, but I used to bring with me, but just use it at the tent. So this year I'm planning to carry in my day pack as well. Perfect. I mean, I'm I'm keeping a, uh, I was thinking either a plate or a large bowl and uh, in a hope that, that, when I go and buy food, I will hand it to them and have my food in that rather than whatever container, if it's throwaway or not. I, p- I plan to not use it and hopefully they'll acknowledge that and let me use my bowl. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that Oxfam has sort of drilled into me. From when I used to do Oxfam festivals, they'd always say, uh, you know, you have to bring a plate, you have to bring a mug, you have to bring cutlery. I haven't done it at every festival, I will be honest, but it's something that I've got. And when I remember and when I'm being good, well, it's more, I normally have it with me at festivals, but I forget to put it in my backpack for the day. But I have the equipment. And I'm prepared this year. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my plate and my spoon and my uh, coffee mug in my backpack with me at all times. Excellent. Again, it's about just making that that change. Uh, and that's the first step. Make even even small changes. I think they all count. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like, I think even if every single person that went to the festival produced half as much waste as they would have done, say, you know, 2017 or, or before, the difference that will make will be absolutely humongous. So, you know, you might not be able to, you might go to a, a store and go, oh, you know what, I forgot my plate, I'll take one of yours. Or you might go to the bar and have to pay for a cup because you forgot to bring one or something like that. It, the fact Yeah, that we're all human, exactly, aren't we? We're all human, we all forget things. But if you can just... Cut it down by, well, aim for 100%, but if you get to 50%, then I think we're all doing well. Perfect, yeah. There's an area, Glastonbury, uh, where anyone can go and learn more about how you can be more sustainable, which is the Greenfields. We had a chat with Theo, who runs the Greenfields information tent with his dad since 2007, so let's hear from him. Hi, my name's Theo and I help run the green information tent in the greenfields. So my first time at Glastonbury was in 2005 when I actually bought a ticket. Um, that was, if you were there, you'd remember it was the year that Pennards Hill flooded. So it was quite an introduction to the festival, but I um, completely fell in love with the place. And then in 2007, after the fallow year in 2006, I was lucky enough that my dad managed to get a job working in the greenfields running an information tent basically helping everyone navigate the greenfields because it's a wonderful area of the festival that is maybe slightly off the beaten track for some Um, and we've been doing that 
ever since been it's a real family affair for us <laughs> with the info tent and my mum and sister are involved and we've had aunties working for us and cousins and so it means a lot to us really we all it's a time when we all get together and enjoy the festival i well i really enjoy working at the festival because especially in the kind of role that we have because you just we get to meet so many people and it's one of my favorite bits of glastonbury is meeting in new people and interactions that you have and we just sit in our tent all day and people come in and and talk to us and ask what they can do and we get to give them recommendations or help them find stuff you hear great stories that other people have have enjoyed at the festival and it's it's an absolute absolute pleasure to do that job uh we usually go down as a team the friday before the festival which um is also a real treat because just seeing the festival come together before the festival before it's open is is mind-blowing how much work goes into it and you really get to appreciate it when you see everyone scurrying around (laughs) at the last few days because we camp in the um green futures field watching panels hill fill up during the day and at the excitement and the, the buzz around the site without the stress of actually having to get all your stuff <laughs> working at the info tent brings up lots of uh, very funny interactions with the with the crowd but i always enjoy when people come in asking where the underground piano bar is because uh, it's um very enjoyable watching them as i tell them i can't tell them where it is <laughs> So that always, that's always quite a, it's a common question that we get multiple times every year. And obviously we don't disclose such secrets. So that's quite good fun outside of working. Uh, the Arcade Fire headline show a few years ago was a real special one for me. I, that's, um, we were with the whole info team was, was managed to get off for that one. We closed the tent just before it started and all got down together. And they're, they're a band that we've all loved for a really long time. So go get a good spot and be able to enjoy that show and sing along with all that they had going on on stage was, was really exciting. The other things I just loved is just wandering around. I've, I'm really getting into the park the last couple of years. I think it's got um, it's got a really great vibe up there. And taking people that haven't been to the festival before around the southeast corner is also a real treat. It's amazing to me after 12, 11, 12 Glastonbury's that I've been to, but to see new people seeing Block 9 and uh, the Unfair Ground and all the rest of it, it's, I, I think it's... It's great. We're located in the walk up to um, the Stone Circle or King's Meadow on the right hand side opposite the Croissant Nerf stage. We also have a little performing area ourselves called the First Stop Stage, which is and the idea is that it showcases a bit of what's going on in the green fields. And so we'll have, we have music on there. We have people from the craft field will come and do a demonstration or some from the healing field will come down and talk about some of their therapies. Or we've had a Japanese tea ceremony there. We've had people from Speakers Forum come and, and do short talks there so it's um it's a good st- spot to stop in and have a little look at what's going on before wandering through the rest of the uh, green fields to someone that hasn't been to the festival before i describe the green fields as one of the bits of the festival that separates it from other festivals it's not your big showy performances it's not your well, not that glastonbury has branding but other festivals you know branded stages it's it's just a real natural festival experience and you get to meet people that do day-to-day things in their day-to-day lives that you would just never encounter whether it's different types of healing or different types of activism or different types of crafts it will open your eyes when you come down to the green fields you'll learn something and you'll experience something that I think you will struggle to find in any other festival i think you'll get the same kind of wow and excitement at loads of areas at glastonbury but i don't think you get it anywhere else
the, the greenfields have always been about um, sustainability and recycling and activism around uh, climate change. And this year, the Speakers Forum is actually themed around the climate emergency. So there'll be a series of discussions and panels uh, throughout the weekend where guests talk to us about some of the solutions and some well, obviously some of the problems as well uh, we're facing under climate with climate change at the moment. And Glastonbury has always had this as as part of its ethos sustainability is part of its ethos and there was the stainless steel cups of 2014 that tried to stop people using so many paper cups the love the farm leave no trace initiative was also launched at the same time and it's obviously making a real effort to people to take home their tents for goodness sake and everything else that they bring with them and then this year they're obviously they banned uh, plastic uh, plastic bottles or single-use plastic from sale in all in all stalls, which I think is going to make a huge difference to the amount of waste, and it will be encouraging people to use their uh, reusable cups, so their um, coffee cups if they've got them, or their stainless steel cups. And, and there's also a push to discourage the use of non-biodegradable glitter, straws, sauce, sachets, etc., etc. So it's it's leading, in my view anyway, it's leading other festivals down the route that these big events need to be taken. I'd recommend someone who wants to join into the sustainability ethos is to head to the Green Futures field. There's the Speakers Forum is there with, with their um, climate emergency theme this year, but there's loads of other stalls there as well with people with uh, new ideas that you won't come across in everyday life of how to uh, recycle, how to reuse and reduce your impact on the planet. And there are um, events going on throughout the weekend, which we'll have all the information on once we get to the site. We haven't got it yet of the slightly smaller events or activities. So the Green Futures Field is the place to start. And obviously then Left Field will have all kind of discussions um, as well. When you come down to the greenfields, it will open your eyes, said Theo. I must say I really agree with that statement. Uh, I think it was you, Rob, that said in a past episode that when you're at Glastonbury, you feel like you're part of something bigger, right? For me, on my first Glastonbury, it was, it was when I got to the greenfields that I started feeling this feeling. Yeah, of being part of something. This is not just a festival. Yeah, and I think when people talk about that, the, you know, we, there's that subject about headliners and, oh, you shouldn't just be drawn in with the music. It's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just when you do explore beyond, there's so much that you can find out and, and when the journey that it takes you on, it is just so vast and endless. And the Greenfields is somewhere where, you know, the, the, the whole subject that we're talking about with being greener, hence the name, but, but also doing your thing for the environment and the planet and just really how you can positively get involved and there's some really really good ways and and small things that are easy for you to start with and that's the real place to kind of explore those ideas and really find out what you can do totally agree i mean i i think this year i've really noticed i don't know if you guys agree i've really noticed an actual kind of change in the way that people are talking about it glastonbury has always been green it's always been promoting that way of life but i've noticed even my friends are really like, oh, oh, I'm going to take a flannel this year or oh, I'm going to do, you know, the, the conversation is happening. And that's a really nice thing to see that it's really coming to life a bit more. Is that just me? Have you noticed that? No, absolutely. I completely agree with you because I think more and more people seem to be grasping it. Like you say, Jesse, everything, th this kind of ethos has been with Glastonbury for a long time, if not forever. Um, but it just seems to be this year and that we're noticing a lot more people kind of getting on board with it, which is which is absolutely what it's all about. So it, it's clearly working. I was going to say, we, we gave our confessions. So the, 
I almost want to say the Greenfields is the place to go to get a penance, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but not in that way. Uh, it's the place to go to, to learn how you can do even more and improve the way that you experience not just the festival, but to bring back home, really, a, a new way to doing many things, really, to leave less waste and change our ways of find a better balance in our daily life, really. Even if it's something as simple as realising those confessions and not just kind of dismissing them, but actually finding a way to part, turn them to a positive. And whilst you can't necessarily, what you've done can't be positive, the steps you then take to move forward, they definitely can be positive, And that's what's important. But there's certainly still a need for a lot of the festival goers to join on on this pledge. I mean, every year we see that picture of the pyramid field full of rubbish after the headliners, and every year we see pictures of all the tents left behind. But the thing is, the solution is there, isn't it? Just just bring back everything you took to the festival. It's not that hard, really. And you, if you think about it, the leave no trace is just a different way of saying do not litter, which is should just be the standard, really. <laughs> yeah, I think you make a very good point there, actually, Miguel. We we talk about, you know, having this ethos for the for being on the farm, leave no trace. Actually, that's that's an ethos that we should apply to every day, isn't it? And again, I think that's the next step that, that I've certainly noticed this year, and that's where people are being encouraged not just to think of it, leave the, you know, love the farm, leave no trace, but actually love the planet, love your home, love the, this this world that we live in. Take it that one step further and go full 365 and take care of the planet every single day. That's what I mean. I think I think it's really good that this year I've really noticed people talking about it more. It's very much at the forefront, you know, various Facebook groups or on Twitter and stuff. And normally the conversation is, what should I pack? And it's all, you know, baby wipes, bin bags, blah, blah, blah. But actually people are going, you know, beyond that and saying, you know, don't need baby wipes bring reusable bottles. I don't know, it's just, it's almost like the first thing people are talking about now, which I think is great. Your point about, you know, leave no trace, uh, well, all of our points about leave no trace, I totally get everything you bring in, bring home with you. But if you can't, I mean, I would love to be completely zero waste. I would love to, but I don't think I'm going to be quite there this year, if I'm honest. I am bringing some things that I know I'll probably have to bin at some point, you know, some food packaging, etc., etc. If you do have to bin things, just put it in a bin bag, take it to the pathway and put it to the side. I think that is, if we all tidied up even, if you can't not bin anything, at least tidy up after yourself, you know what I mean? Make it easier for the people who are taking take you know having to clear the site at the end any field where you know it is rammed with people there's always going to be litter dropping um unfortunately that's just kind of the way it goes which is why the volunteers and the litter pickers are there so it's fantastic that that is in place you know because clearly there's an awareness that there's going to be litter dropped because you're in such a confined space it's not always logistically easy to do something like that but at the same time if you can keep hold of it or if you know you're walking back and just if you're walking towards a bin, pick something up. I don't know if that's taking it one step too far, but, you know, it's certainly something I do. So just pick it up on the way to the bin and just chuck it in. Um, it's small things, but, you know, they're the ones there. That's what counts. And that's certain, like I, I keep saying, isn't it? That's 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 the first step. Yeah, I think it's worth giving a shout that if we have the worthy warriors, we also have the heroes from the recycling crew. Oh, absolutely. Shout shout out to those guys. Yeah, but what, what we really want is to diminish their work this year. <laughs> So I believe the point we are trying to do here is, uh, well, in this episode, we learned from David and Rob about their experience as Worthy Warriors. One of the many ways the, the festival is spreading this sustainable message across the site. We also had Theo who shared how you can join and learn even more about this message at the Greenfields. And I'm sure he'll be there ready to point you into the right direction if you ever get lost or need, any, or need <laughs> yeah. to know more. <laughs> and even ourselves, we gave our confessions of past mistakes and how we left traces behind at the farm, even if not willingly. And I mean, 
the three of us wants to be even better this year and in the future. So I think the invitation we want to make to our listeners is to join us on this promise. So for us here at Glassercast, we just want to encourage you uh, to be a bit greener and remind you of the green pledge, which we all took when we bought our ticket. So just to give you an overview, if you've forgotten, it's just five things. Take your tent home and all your belongings, use the bins correctly, bag up all your rubbish, use a reusable water bottle, and don't pee on the land. Easy, guys. Easy. This is very important to all of us, and not just because of the fact that it's important for the planet and we have to look after it. It's important for the festival. If we want the festival to continue being granted a license, if we want the festival to continue, then we need to respect it. Let's everyone join in in the Green Pledge this year. I want to see I want to see an aerial picture from Glastonbury post-festival showing just the marks left by tents and nothing else. That would be fantastic. Yes, just flat patches in those perfect yeah where the, where the grass changed colour slightly. We want like scorched grass and then tent green squares because it will be glorious sunshine. <laughs> So finally, we've got our last interview um, with Claire. Now, Claire is part of the Lockups, which is a service that I know we are all very keen to use. It's a fantastic service. Uh, it's available 24-7. I won't tell you too much because I'm going to leave that to Claire. Yeah, so here she is. Hi everybody, my name's Claire and I work at the Property Lockups at Glastonbury Festival. My first Glastonbury was in 2004. My story started when I worked in the same building as Greater Manchester and District CND in Manchester. Jackie, who still works there now and still works on the property lockups, came down one afternoon in a panic, needing two replacements as she'd had dropouts. I couldn't believe my luck, to be honest, getting to go to Glastonbury essentially for free and just having to work 24 hours. Amazing. Over the last 15 years, I've gone from being lockup crew to team leader to group coordinator for the Manchester lockups. And now I'm one of the area coordinators and I'm responsible for making sure our 361 volunteers all have the correct tickets and vehicle passes. It does get stressful, but I love it. I'm responsible also for Pennard Hill and Woody's lockup. They're the ones that are run by Greater Manchester. But I also work amongst all the other lockups, making sure everybody's got everything that they need. Do I wish I didn't work? Honestly, no. I like working. I like giving a little and getting a little. It's one of my mottos in life. And having those four or five hours each day being responsible <laughs> uh, actually helps me keep my feet on the ground. I've only ever been to the festival with my kids. I'm not too sure I could trust myself to come without children and without working. So the lockups were started about 19 years ago and we're also one of the reasons why the festival gets its licence renewed. Basically, it's a giant cloakroom that you can come and leave anything free of charge for as long as you like. We open on the Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock and we're open 24 hours a day right through until the Monday morning at dinner time. How it works is you bring your item, sorry, no livestock or children, come to the front desk, we write you a simple ticket out, we ticket your bag or item and uh, you keep the other part of the ticket and whenever you need to come back to collect said item, bring the ticket back, we look it up in the book, Bob's your uncle. 
Something that was new a couple of years ago is the Challenge 21 wristbands. This is a wristband that you can get if you're over 18, which stops you having to get out your passport or your driving license each time you go to the bar. You'd come to the lockup with whichever form of ID that you have. We check it over and then we put usually a brightly coloured wristband on. Something most punters do is then put the ID into the lockup so they know it's safe and sound until the end of the festival when, sadly, we all have to go back to the real world. That's what a lot of people use the lockups for. Things like car keys, tickets, anything that they need to get home the next day, clean sets of clothes, you name it, we've had it at the lockups. There are 14 lockups across the site. There's one backstage. Sadly, I don't work at that one. The lockup crew work a total of 24 hours. Generally, it's four four-hour shifts and then one eight-hour night shift. You might go, oh, a night shift. Honestly, it's one of my favourite shifts. You get to see everybody and all sorts come past and the questions and the banter are just amazing. It's one of my favourite times doing the night shift. Something that we've also always done is distribute free toilet roll. That gets donated to us by whichever toilet roll company it happens to be that year. We come on the Monday and there are literally pallets and pallets of toilet rolls. Occasionally, you may have seen some rather interesting structures that we've made out of toilet rolls. Uh, The Game of Thrones throne uh, was quite an interesting one. Uh, we've made three-piece suites, chairs, igloos. As much as the night shift is fun, sometimes it can drag a little. And we like the crew to be uh, happy and entertained. Some of the funny things that we've had at the lockups have included <laughs> a canoe, which, as some of you will know, and have probably seen on the famous photographs of wet Glastonbury. We've had a loaf of bread booked in, bottles of water, cider, all sorts. We've also had one wheel booked in off one of the trolleys that uh, people tend to use to bring all the stuff in. To be honest, though, that was me after us being slightly tipsy after the Twisto meetup on the Thursday. If you don't know what that is, have a look online. It's a jolly afternoon. Who runs the property lockups? We all work on the same ethos of having a peaceful, wonderful world. And because of that, we have Greater Manchester District, CND, which is the one I'm from. We have Isle of Wight, CND, Cumro, CND, Yorkshire, CND, Youth and Student, CND. And then we also have Brighton Peace Education Centre and Birmingham Friends of the Earth. All those volunteers total 361. As you can imagine... Our campsite is quite busy, but always very friendly. We all work on the ethos of love the farm, leave no trace, and we encourage all our volunteers to bring the small amount as they possibly can. And anything that they do bring always is taken away. It's one of the things, actually, I'm quite proud of. Our campsite is left as we found it, maybe a little bit muddier, and the grass is certainly flattened, but we don't leave anything. It's not hard, people. Just take your stuff home. 
If anyone would like to suggest something that they think the property lockups would be a good place for that to be provided, you can always give us a tweet on at Pennard Property, or you can have a look on Facebook page, which is Festivals Lockups. Hopefully, we'll see lots and lots of you over the course of the five days of the festival to come along and say hi, and of course, use us to hashtag keep stuff safe. Good luck to all you guys coming in. I know it's a bit of a military operation. Hats off to you all. I uh, will do a little weather prayer so that it's at least not raining. I wouldn't put money on that, though. Okay, brilliant. That was Claire from Property Lockups. Thank you very much for that. And we've actually got to know her quite well, haven't we, from from chatting to her. What the team does and what, what she manages is just huge. A really essential service that I think we all definitely take advantage of. But what a task to manage. So important as well. The fact that they run this service for free, 100% secure, 24 hours manned. You know, you can leave any size object or thing or whatever you fancy in these places is incredible. So I think it's one of the things that really sets Glastow apart. Yeah, I have to agree. I absolutely love the lockups and every single one of its staff. Every time I stop by the lockup, I end up having just a really nice conversation with the, the, the chaps who are running it. It's amazing. You end up staying a lot longer than you planned, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. You think, oh, I'll just pick up some loo roll or I'll just grab my car keys. And then, yeah, you're having a 25-minute chat. <laughs> it is part of the festival, really. Uh, and people use it in so many ways to help them make the most of the festival, be it storing their items on Sunday evening so they can have an easy departure on Monday, uh, using to leave some items around sites so you can collect if it start raining you know where to get your waterproofs maybe so yeah it's amazing so it just takes that stress out of it doesn't it not having to worry about your keys not having to worry about your valuables knowing that they are incredibly well taken care of that carefree kind of put it to the back of your mind enjoy yourself and then as and when you need it you know exactly where to go and it's very very well looked after All right, guys, so this conversation has been amazing, as always, but I think it's time to wrap it up because we get, we have a festival to go to. We have yes. a festival to go to. Yep. I know. It's, what, it's a week to go now? Seven days. As, as we are recording, but at the time someone listened to this, they could be on their way. That's very true. Pe- people could be listening to the podcast on their way to Glastonbury, couldn't they? Oh my God, how exciting. I love that. I love that. I, I, I love hope that. people are doing that. Please let us know if you do that. If you're driving down to Glastonbury, listening to Glastonbury on the radio, that would be, oh, that would make me so happy. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely get in touch. I mean, I don't know about you guys. In fact, no, I absolutely know about you guys. We're all going to be on our socials, aren't we? We're all going to be chatting. We're all going to be getting excited. Let's hear about where you are and what you're doing. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll catch up with you down at the farm. Yeah, guys, the next time you hear our voices, you might actually be face to face with us in the fields. So exciting. That is really amazing. So I think the only thing left to say is see you at the festival. <laughs> <laughs>